Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. How you doing? Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available for Monday, the 27th of September 2021 with me, Daniel Ruiz Tyson, episode 349. Hope you're all healthy and doing what you need to be doing to keep yourself going. It's 10.31 hours here in London. It's a wet and miserable start to the week. Blustery conditions, not going to enjoy that when I go for my run after this. Uh, First thing I'm going to do actually is take out one of my earphones, the right one. That stopped working. What is it about small earphones? Why are they so temperamental? Why is it even when I spend £20 plus on a pair of earphones that they don't last me more than six months? Just down to the one earphone now. That's in the left ear. Mutant notifications. That's where I am last few days just uh the whole instant messaging thing just making sure it's uh i'm just responding to people that i want to respond to and not getting involved with any of the pointless interactions that the digital age has uh foisted upon us and uh, a bit lethargic will do me good to get the run out of the way this morning and uh, this afternoon, I'm just looking forward to writing from the cafe. That's uh, that's just what keeps me sane at the minute. Going to try and organise a browsing session in the library as well. Across the road, there's a there's a book that they've got that I want to get. Another one, yes, another one. It's definitely an OCD. I think just collecting library books, albeit reading them. And I've been doing a fair amount of reading at the weekend to uh, just try and uh, relax. Had my physio appointment last Wednesday. I've been doing these exercises that they've um, they've sent me via email, so I have to log in. And uh, at the moment, the exercises are every few days. It's interesting because the physio, in response to my telling him about the pain and the amount of weeks after the second vaccine, which I started experiencing the pain, he doesn't actually feel, unlike the GP, that it's related to the jab. Although he did say that one thing that vaccinators should do, regardless of the vaccine, is they should, when they jab in your arm, what they need to do is squeeze the muscle above the spot they're going to vaccinate. They should squeeze it together bunch that skin together because it makes the vaccine delivery better. I certainly have never had that. I I don't know what to believe here. I'm prepared to accept that it's not related to the vaccine. I'm prepared to accept that it's down to the lack of training from the person that jabbed me. I, 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 you know, I veer between that and what the physio has told me that it's just some damage to the shoulder that I have coincidentally incurred after the second vaccine. The thing is, what about all these other people that I know who've also who are also experiencing the same 
pain since the second vaccine. The important thing is I'm getting something done about it. I've been doing these exercises. I've been told that initially the shoulder might feel worse, the shoulder and the left arm, upper left arm might feel worse, but to keep at it. If it doesn't, if these exercises don't work, then I'm looking at a cortisone jab. I've had a cortisone jab before. They're very effective, but they're not very good for you long term. So I'd rather avoid that. Still looking out for a, a place at which to get rid of the bouffant and the mullet. Talking of which, yesterday on my way to the Space Daddies, more of which later, as I was walking to the Space Daddies, which was a, a fair old walk, very hilly walk as well. It was good, uh, good exercise on a Sunday during a weekend when I had uh, had the old calzone pizza conversion. I saw a guy walking with his son or daughter. I couldn't tell which. It's not relevant to the story anyway. And the reason I couldn't tell which is because they had a very strange hairstyle. It was effectively the Chris Waddle 1990 mullet. If you remember the Italia World Cup, Chris Waddle actually had his hair cut by the time England got to the semifinals. He'd gone for a short back and sides. But before that, I think at least up until the last 16, maybe the quarterfinal against Cameroon, he still had that classic mullet, short and spiky on the top, short on the sides, and then this massive mullet. And I saw a kid with that identical hairstyle yesterday. Now, I don't think that's a hairstyle that's coming back. So I've got a theory about this. And if it had been coming back, then this kid, I would have seen other kids with the same hairstyle. This kid would not be a pioneer to the extent that they've started growing this hairstyle out about six months ago because it looks like they've been growing it for about that long. I have a theory. My theory is maybe this kid is an actor and they're performing in some play or some TV series like, uh, you know, This Is England 1990, something like that, and that's why they've got that hairstyle. It's the only explanation I can find. The dad... I think saw me doing a double take and he must be used to it by now. If I was the dad, unless my kid is a performer and that hairstyle is for, as I say, for for some role they're playing, I would not let my child have that hairstyle because I don't want that attention when I'm walking down the street with that child. It was, I can't remember the last time I've seen this hairstyle on an adult or a kid. It was, uh, it was Chris Waddle nailed on and uh, possibly lost my thread now, but I will use that as a segue to go from that kid's haircut to my own search for a haircut, which is ongoing. I've seen a place near me. It's £14 for a haircut, which is the cheapest I've seen so far. I think it's going to be very difficult to find anything for under £15. So this is um, this is progress There are two things I don't like about it. It's under a bridge or just past a bridge, and the bridge is just full of bird muck, as these bridges always are. And also they keep their doors closed. And for me, when I've been looking at barbers, a big thing for me has been how well ventilated that place is. I might need to look to see if they've got little windows open at the top of their uh, glass panes. I'll have to see, but it looks like I might be going there either later today or tomorrow just to get rid of this thing on my head, which does actually make the running a bit more difficult. I walked to and from the Space Daddies yesterday, so no buses at the weekend. Didn't go to the cafe on Saturday morning. I'm uh, having to ration that. I'm having to ration the trips to the cafe right now, basically. But 
I did see a curious visual. It might have been Friday. I think I had a one-day oyster Friday. I saw, I just saw, you know, like Tom and Jerry, when you would only see the human, I think Tom's owner's uh, ankles, you wouldn't see the rest of the owner. It was like that. I was standing on the lower deck because I was getting off in a couple of stops. I was um, in a rush, so I had to get a bus to another stop to then get the bus that I needed. And I saw the ankles of an elderly woman ascending to the upper deck. You don't really see that. And I looked around the lower deck, and yes, it was fairly busy. I was surprised that no one had given up their seat for the elderly woman. But uh, yeah, you don't really see that on London buses. In terms of the running, did a a 10K on Friday evening and uh, another slow time. Normally, I've been doing those in about 48 minutes. Lately, it's gone up to 54 minutes for some reason. It was 55 minutes on Friday. The usual stuff, I, I found it dull, but it was nice to get it out of the way, and there's a nice feeling afterwards. I was speaking to the Space Daddy yesterday about the running, and um, he was uh, saying he can understand people who run alone and try and get into that zone, which for me, it's not easy to get into that zone. So I'm not claiming to be in that category, but he was saying he doesn't understand park runs, which I'm, I'm inclined to agree with, though I would, there, there, there's, there is a part of me, a grown part of me that would just like to measure myself against other people just once, but in a better park, in a flatter park. But uh, the whole competitive business, yeah, that, that's not for me really. What I'd like to do is I, I would like to be someone who can get into that zone when they're running on their own. But I do. It's not easy for me. It's, it's, the, it's the boredom aspect. And I'm not going to change by, you know, trying to get used to running with um, something in my ears to help break the monotony. Also, you know, when you look at these um, these Bluetooth earphones or whatever they are, the AirPods, they just look really uncomfortable to me. Well, one, they look stupid, and I say that. It's not something that I'm saying because I've only just seen these and this is my immediate impression. They've been around now for two or three years. I find them, I, I think they look silly, but more importantly, they look uncomfortable. And I wouldn't be confident of these things remaining wedged in my ears. And as someone who's had problems with my ears, uh, among many other things, but owing to the amount of audio uh, work that I've done over the last few years. You know, my, my GP has constantly said how bad it is to have things in your ears. And, and and those AirPods, they're just wedged in your ears. That can't be good for your ears. Also, if I was running with those, I wouldn't be... Com- what, if it, what if one of them falls out? You've got to trace your route. You've got to go back on your run, try and find the missing AirPod. Anyway, so... The idea is I'm going to hard swallow there. I'm going to get uh, get out for the run once I've uploaded this. And uh, I think I'm going to pop into that hairdressers, ask them if they accept card payments or if it has to be cash. And also just try and have a better look at the ventilation as well. The two guys, I, I, I was going to ask yesterday, but uh, two of the barbers were outside smoking. These guys always smoke. They're like tradesmen. It's the kind of business because often you've got a quiet spell. So these guys, they're either at the bookies. There we go. They're testing the uh, whatever that is, the fire alarm. I still need to do my gas reading. I I contacted my um, 
my one of my neighbors because the gas meters are on her side of the building and the only way to access the gas meter is to either go via next door or cross her front lawn I, I don't want to cross her front lawn if that's going to be a faux pas so I dropped her an email a few days ago she hasn't responded to me actually on that quite a funny thing yesterday when I was coming back from the space daddies as I was walking home I was coming up to the zebra crossing which is maybe about uh, 20 meters away from my building. And I saw my neighbor, the neighbor that I'd emailed, coming out of the park at that point. I pretended not to see her. I, I suspect that she slowed down when she saw me. But then I, because I had the advantage of I was walking ahead, so the chances were she was going to think, well, he hasn't seen me. I just slowed down. I sped up my walk. And then as soon as I got up the stairs, the outside stairs, I quickly opened the door and then I raced up the stairs and made sure that I got into the flat here. She lives on the ground floor. I got into the flat before she'd even opened the front door. And I wonder if I was in her position, if I'd come in through the door and not heard anyone going up the stairs or the sound of a door closing, might she have thought, yeah, he saw me. He didn't want a small talk. I'll swallow there again. He didn't want a small talk and he's just gone up. He's raced up the stairs to avoid the small talk. The hard swallow, it's a hard thing to avoid. I was listening to a hard swallower at the weekend. I was listening to the build-up to the Anthony Joshua Alexander Usyk fight. My um, uh, my friends who know more about boxing than me, they had Usyk down as the winner from the summer. They just thought he was all wrong for Joshua, so they won't be surprised. He is a magnificent boxer. I've watched his whole professional career and I, you know, I wasn't surprised. This is a guy who's been boxing since he was a kid who's been an amateur and, you know, Anthony Joshua to, to, to give him his dues. This is a guy who just started boxing 10, 12 years ago, became the world champion. He's operating at a level that really he had no business operating in. So I think he's done, he's had a brilliant career. He still has a brilliant career, but did he belong in the same ring as Usyk on Saturday? Probably not. Probably not. And how did I get onto that? Oh, that's it, the hard swallow. The BBC commentator that's come in since Mike Costello left the boxing show is, a, well, he's a freelancer, but he's a well-known boxing commentator. I'm going to have to search his name. I know his first name, but I've forgotten his second name. But I actually think he's a brilliant commentator, and I'd actually take him over Costello. Um Right. Ronald. His first name is Ronald. That's it. Ron McIntosh. I think he's uh I think he's a brilliant commentator. He does stuff for uh, BT Sport as well. And hopefully he'll be the BBC's first choice boxing commentator now because that is his specialism. Uh, and I like him. And it's interesting because I have over the years been listening to Costello and Bunce the boxing show and it's a show that I've grown to like less and less because I can find both of them a bit irritating at times and I actually think I've come to the conclusion that they work better without each other and to be fair to Steve Bunce since Costello's left the BBC and therefore given up his regular role as the anchor of the Five Live Boxing podcast I actually think that Steve Bunce has done a better job that show i think it's it's sounding a bit fresher than it has 
for a while. He's not everyone's cup of tea, Bunce. He's certainly not my favourite cup of tea, but there aren't that many good boxing shows out there, so I do listen to it. But I, I, as a partnership, I was just... Uh, I wasn't as enamoured with them as most people seem to be. And I, I think right now it's interesting to see how Bunce goes on with a show on his own. And let's see now if I can remember what I was talking about. I may have just finished talking about what I was talking about. I doubt if I had uh, a segue link into the next thing. So the weekend I was knackered and I didn't know what it was down to. I didn't know whether it's... Um, is it an age thing? Is it down to the health issue? Is it down to just not not giving myself uh, much of a break during the week? What was going on? I just felt really tired, very lethargic. I, I've given up, uh, finished with the trial you want Friday night show. I'd had a three-month break, which my old uh, co-host was gracious enough to give me, but it made no sense to go back really did and it would have just been the wrong decision and I would always have been needing breaks and uh, it's just not worth doing anything for a small audience and for the amount of hours it was taking but it was a I, I felt it was a good show and like a lot of my work deserved a, a bigger audience but it's the right thing to do it's a, it's a no-brainer to be scaling things back really so um well yesterday I, I saw the space daddy yesterday just to try and get my head around how best to proceed creatively with a number of projects that i've got and it helped to speak to him about that very useful i've got a better idea of strategy now and what i need to do but i still i need to speak to another friend who's in theater to try and see what they think I just really need to find some focus, I think, for my work. At the moment, the work that I'm doing from the cafe most afternoons or mornings is it's useful work, but it's essentially heavy lifting. There's not much new stuff emerging from that. It's really me just pushing something forward that is now really not going to see the light of day before 2022 but I want to be making things and I'm just trying to understand how I can make something within my limitations. What funding access or what, what funding am I likely to get? How difficult is it to get that funding? And what I'm hearing is that it's going to be difficult to get that funding. So I really need to work things out. But in terms of am I going to let COVID affect the decisions I make, I'm not sure. I think it might be time to take a few more risks on that front. Is it likely that we're going to go back to the situation we had last year? I hope not. You know, most of us uh, uh, have had our vaccines, one or both. But what I've got to do really is I've got to start going into venues, start seeing shows, start seeing what's going on, you know, and how safe I feel. I can't expect people to come to see one of my things if I'm not actually going to the theatre myself you know looking at several different things not just the theatre but uh, the theatre would probably be the big big project that would take uh, a lot of time we'll see sometimes when I'm running it happened on Friday as as I age towards the end of my run I can just feel that I can feel a clarity of thought coming in and you know I'll, I'll come back into the flat there'll be one or two positive thoughts I've had usually in relation to my work 
And just for that, I suppose it makes the pain I have to go through out there doing something I don't really like, never mind love, it makes it uh, kind of worth it. And then, you know, later on, I'm going to take a walk to the cafe after uh, this morning's run. I forgot to mention last week, by the way, that the Nine Elms Northern Line extension finally opened. You'll see videos of that on YouTube. I think it was an early opening, but there was quite a crowd to see Nine Elms the Nine Elms Line uh, extension station open. I could have said that better. I didn't realize that it was only two stops. It runs from Kennington to Battersea Power Station. The thing is, several things here, right? The walk from Nine Elms to Battersea Power Station, though much spoiled in the last decade owing to the rash of ugly towers that now dominate SW8, that still remains one of the nicer walks left in the area. So personally, I wouldn't be happy to forego that walk and exercise to jump on the new extension. Secondly, these trains, they only run every 12 minutes from Kennington. Now, I know the opening of the new extension has already impacted positively on house prices for those who like to make their money from property. But for me, when I think of how long it's taken to build this, of how many early mornings on the way to the cafe I had to watch myself skirting that side of Wandsworth Road, to make sure I didn't get knocked over just to get to the Nine Elms temporary store that was initially erected in place of the old store that uh, was shut down in 2013. And later when the monster, the Nine Elms monster was finally uh, opened, I think around 2017, it was always risky, even until recently, even until the last few weeks as they put the finishing touches to the station, it was still a bit of a lottery on that side of the road. There's so much traffic on that road and it's been awful for pedestrians for the last six, seven years on there. And seeing this and seeing this open and realizing it's only two stations, two stops, it strikes me as an awful lot of work. Many years for not very much at the end of the day. It reminds me of the rollout of Channel 5 in the late spring of 97. There was a massive fuss, massive media campaign for Channel 5 but you had to get someone over to your place sent by the station to tune your TV in for Channel 5, unlike Channel 4, which you could do yourself. I don't know what the difference was, but you had to get someone to find Channel 5. They had to come over to your place and do that for you. And for years, the Channel 5 reception was dreadful, regardless of you know the content itself wasn't good for a few years. But the reception was awful. You had to move your aerial around a lot. And that's what this extension reminds me of. Battersea, that part of it, actually, though, by the power station, by my old school, that part of Battersea is still a strange area. There are some nice uh, roads around the park, as the space daddy was saying yesterday. But the walk from the bridge to Sloan Square is spoiled now by the ugly buildings that have cropped up in the last uh, decade or so. And the walk to the power station it's, uh, you know, they've ruined that walk for people. Again, all the old vistas of, of the river that they're, they're now blocked off by all these towers and just a, a lovely part of South London has been ruined for good, really, unless there's going to be some messiah-like architects emerging in the next, uh, well, however, however many years who, who decides to bring this stuff all down and, and, and start again and uh, promise us the return. Well, not us. We'll be gone by then. 
the return of those uh, riverside views of old. On the books front, I'm reading at the moment The Ghost Hunters by Neil Spring. Started it last night, racing through it. Very enjoyable. It's a book about the old ghost hunter. It's fiction, historical fiction. Uh, a book about the old uh, ghost hunter, Harry Price, and his uh, assistant, Sarah Gray. I'm not sure if she is a real person or if she's a fictitious character created for the book. I'll read you the blurb for the book. Where is it? Here we go. Terror awaited me at the most haunted house in England. My name is Sarah Gray. I knew of Harry Price before I became his trusted assistant. He was notorious London's greatest ghost hunter. Working alongside Harry meant devoting myself to his work, leaving behind my past, and I trusted him. I knew of Borley Rectory too. That's supposedly, or was supposedly, the most haunted place in England. I knew of Borley Rectory too before I visited it with Harry, supposedly the most haunted house in England. I knew there was no such thing as phantoms. The many witnesses must be mad or lying. I knew I could visit Borley Rectory without fear, return without harm. These are the things I thought I knew. I now understand the true meaning of terror. And the blurb continues. Welcome to Borley Rectory, the most haunted house in England. The year is 1926. And Sarah Gray has landed herself an unlikely new job. Personal assistant to Harry Price, London's most infamous ghost hunter. Equal parts brilliant and charming, neurotic and manipulative. Harry has devoted his life to exposing the truth behind England's many false hauntings. And never has he left a case unsolved nor a fraud unexposed. So when Harry and Sarah are invited to Borley Rectory, a house so haunted that objects frequently fly through the air unbidden and locals avoid the grounds for fear of facing the spectral nun that walks there, they're sure that this case will be just like any other. But when night falls and still no artifice can be found, the ghost hunters are forced to confront an uncomfortable possibility. The ghost of Borley Rectory may be real. And if so, they're about to make its most intimate acquaintance. And uh, just reading that last couple of lines there, I'm wondering if uh, living on my own, I may come to regret reading this book. Daniel Ruiz Tyson is available. Episode 349. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at 1607WestEgg, facebook.com forward slash DRT available. Find all my work at danielruiztyson.com. You can support the show via my website. There are PayPal and coffee.com links on there if you want to make a one-off donation to support this work. Or there's the Patreon page that keeps this show alive. Sign up at patreon.com forward slash DRT available there are several tiers on there from which you can choose those of you who are supporting this show i appreciate uh you doing that the show wouldn't be happening without you let's uh give you this week's nectar points okay haven't been to sainsbury's for a week last week on the 20th after i did a morning record last week didn't i so i was in sainsbury's in the afternoon i went in there with a a points balance of 278 and four points um i've just given it away there i should have said what i bought i bought some um, fabric conditioner that's gone up by 5p mixed beans chili household tissues my uh, long life semi skimmed milk. They finally had some, some Sainsbury's own crackers on Friday. Yeah, Friday I bought some 
crackers from Morrison's. I'll be trying those for the first time. Bought some uh, Colgate uh, toothpaste for ATP. One single orange. Had to buy a bag for life. I'd forgotten my bag. Uh, no yogurts. Uh, Tesco's are currently doing a deal on yogurts, so I'm just getting them from there at the minute. So four points earned. New points balance of two eight two. Now, actually, what I should have done, I'll have to log back into my Nectar account, which is now Nectar now send you a code. Because what I did, I've got uh, 11 bonus Nectar points. Oh, here we go. That's it. Yeah, they... Okay, actually, no, look, I've got 16 bonus Nectar points. So here we go. Yeah, 16 bonus Nectar points. I made two eBay purchases last week. So I've now got 298 points worth £1.49. So that's not bad. That'll keep me ticking through the autumn as I close in on the magical 250 point mark. Star Wars football, quite a week in Star Wars football. I'd gone nine days without playing. That always happens, as I told you, or can happen when I have to clear the pitch. And uh, I had to clear it again last week because I had a friend over on uh, Thursday. Uh, They said they were coming for an hour. It certainly wasn't an hour. Um, So I've reset the pitch, but I've got the Space Daddy coming over tomorrow night for the Liverpool-Porto game. Just moving the keyboard there. So again, that pitch needs to be moved. I've only played, well, I've played four games since, but uh, four games since the 13th of September is pretty, pretty poor. Although uh, Silver Age Season 6 has uh, progressed far quicker than Silver Age Season 5, which took uh, nine months. Champions League Week 6, Group 1 on the 22nd of September. Tatooine already qualified. Cantonica needed to avoid a heavy defeat to join them. Cantonica only had three points. Trying to, I'll give you the other team in there when I read you the groups. Tatooine won by goal to nil. Uh, Jedi Luke with a second half strike halfway through the second half. That's uh, his fifth goal of the season. Cantonica qualified though on goal difference. Uh, as I say, I'll give you the group standings in a minute. Group two, Endor two, Sisubo nil. Endor for the first time, twice finalists, but this is the first time they've actually made it out of the group stage without losing a game. They do tend to switch off when they've uh, coasted through the group stage. Last year, they did the same thing, losing their final group game against Aldron to actually slip to second. Group three, another thriller between Empire and Zepho on the back of their 2-2 draw at Zepho earlier in the campaign. It was Empire 3, Zepho 3, Brixton, Ben getting another two goals for Empire. He's got five goals this season, all in the Champions League. Uh, the first goal that gave Empire the lead after two, just under three minutes against FO on Saturday was a wonderful header. Really, really good goal. But Empire will be disappointed at how they've struggled to, to make it through to the quarterfinals. Mandalay and X-Wing goalers. So X-Wing managed to avoid a quarterfinal tie with holders Tatooine. Let me give you the final tables, the final group tables. Group 1, Tatooine played 4 points, 12 plus 10 goal difference. Cantonica go through with them in second place. Only 3 points, minus 4 goal difference. So again, that does compromise the competition's integrity. 
And keep that in mind because I'm about to talk to you about that in a moment. Group two, end or top. Four goals scored, no goals conceded. Uh, Ten points plus four goal difference. Hoth make it through on four points. Uh, zero goal difference. Again, Hoth will be disappointed that uh, they've not made it uh, through. Um, well, that they've just scraped through. Sosobo finished bottom on two points. Uh, I didn't tell you Naboo had finished bottom of group one on goal difference minus six to Cantonica's minus four. Group three, Zepho top it uh, with just six points, but they were unbeaten, drew three of their four games, won one. Uh, goal difference of plus two, six points. Empire in second place, the uh, winners of the first ever Champions League. Uh, eight goals scored, eight goals conceded, five points. Zero goal difference. Cloud City finished bottom with a minus two goal difference and four points. Group four, X-Wing qualified by dint of a better goal difference. Plus six to Mandalayers, plus five. Both finish on seven points. Agamar finished bottom with uh, three points. So that means that in the quarterfinals, Mandalayer are at home to Holders Tatooine in the first leg quarterfinals. Uh, Cantonica host X-Wing in the first leg. Uh, Endor are away to Empire, a repeat of the first ever Champions League final. Endor are away in the first leg. And uh, Hoth are at home to Zepho. Hoth will actually think they've got a good chance of getting through to the semi-finals after their uninspiring start to the Champions League. So basically, it's not easy being a, an administrator in Star Wars football. And what I'm trying to do is... I want to keep the quarterfinals in the Champions League. I want to retain the quarterfinals. The first two seasons of the Champions League, you went straight from the group stage to the semifinals, no quarterfinals. But it does mean more games if I have it that way. So the best that I was able to find for the last couple of seasons has been this uh, weird format of four groups of three and it just means that uh, you know by one or after one or two games there's always a team that's gone through and there's always a team that's clearly not going to go through it does weaken the competition so the only way around this is going to be to have four groups of four teams which is 16 teams it's going to mean more games and the way to save my knees and my back is going to be to strip back the League Cup. So get rid of the last 16 in the League Cup. You know, no second division clubs in the League Cup now. They'll just just leave that for the FA Cup. So that will mean I think there's only an increase of uh, eight extra games if I do it that way. Now, the problem is my ultimate dream is to create two new league teams for Star Wars football to make it like the Scottish League, the Scottish Premier League, or like it used to be where you have 10 teams. I want a 10-team league. But then I realised that for domestic cups, that doesn't work. So if I have 10 first division teams, then I'm going to have to bring back six second division teams for the League Cup. I mean, for the FA Cup, it'll be the same. It won't be affected just instead of eight second division teams, it'll be six. But what do I do for the League Cup? 10 teams into... You know, 10 teams for the League Cup doesn't work. Now, I could do like uh, they do with the Premier League and the League Cup where teams, the teams that are qualified for Europe join a, a round later. But how would that work? I think it would work something like um, four games involving the six league teams, two invited second division teams. So four go through and then the four Champions League teams join them 
at the next stage. So again, that's small games. It doesn't work. So I, I need to think this one through. What's clear is the Champions League group stages, though they have improved from last year, they are better. They're still problematic. They're, they're, they're still not ideal. Finally, League Week 8, that started, uh, that uh, that latest round of league fixtures started last night. I haven't even written a score it was uh, Death Star at home to Alderaan. Death Star won this uh, corresponding fixture last season, uh, 1-0 with a goal from uh, Madden, or General Madin, as some might say, um, on the opening day of Silver Age Season 5. Last night, Alderaan with Kraken returning to his former club. Kraken scored after just 39 seconds, added a second in the second half on 24 minutes. An impressive win for Alderaan. They're second on the bounce. They are now in second place behind Besbin. Leaders Besbin and Empire face off. I don't know who's at home for that one. They face off in this latest round. So it's really good timing for Alderaan. Death Star, meantime, still only two goals this season. Uh, Their keeper was at fault again for the second goal, despite a brilliant performance. It's likely he'll be dropped for their next game. Let's uh, round things off with um, my trips to the cafe. It's 11, 10 hours Looking a bit ambitious to get a run in before the afternoon. The waitress quit her job. That's the big news from last week. She was there for lunch last Monday afternoon, by which time episode 348 was out. I'd done an early recording last week, if you remember. I got a, uh, She got herself a doggy bag for a salad that she'd ordered. She was sitting at the central table to my right. Hadn't said hello. She walked in. I, I wasn't sure it was her. And then when I noticed it was her, it was about 30, 40 minutes before I had the opportunity to say hello to her. But I thought I need to say hello to her because otherwise it's going to be rude. She didn't finish the salad. She got herself a doggy bag for the salad, which was given to her by Phil Collins. She also halfway through her meal used the customer lose, which I had noticed. I thought that's odd. Why is she using the customer lose? I know she's here on her day off, but why? You know, surely she could use the uh, the lose that they have for their workers. As she was having a salad, someone had wrecked the lose at one point, a bit of a pre-pandemic nostalgia there, and she had to eat her salad through that. Might have been waiting for a payoff, so that might be the reason why she was in that day. And uh, maybe when she had her salad destroyed by that carnage and the lose, she thought, yeah, this is the right decision because that loo layout is just uh, strange. In some respects, I was relieved to see her go because I don't think she understood my accent. And also, I think she had me pinned down correctly as someone who didn't know how to bring a, a small talk exchange to a close. Actually, I thought just then I'd remembered the dream I had last night and it's kind of gone away from me, but it had something to do with DIY. And I actually think it's because I'm trying to get my friend Mickey Blue. I've been trying to get him here for a couple of months to fix all the things that are breaking in this flat. And I think it might be related to that because he was in the dream, but I can't remember more. If I do remember more of the dream, I'll tell you. Let me just get back to the cafe now. Um, so I was relieved to see the waitress go. I, I, I said hello to her as she was leaving. I asked how she was. She mentioned she'd quit with some relish. There was none of this, so oh, I've left business. She was very clear that she'd quit. They rarely hang on to their waitresses in the cafe. I've never been quite sure where it is, yeah, why that is even. I think uh, Phil Collins is the only one really in the veteran waitress who've uh, stuck it out over the years, and that may be because they're 
they might be related uh, to the late owner. I've never, I've never been sure of that. Still staying with Monday, Notmick arrived to again find me at his table. He removed his red laptop and Acer, I think, from his laptop box and set about working. When he finished his work and his um, whatever it is, Peroni, I'm not sure what he was drinking, or some sparkling water, fancy sparkling water, he said to Phil Collins in his reedy voice, Bill, please. Bill, please. She couldn't quite understand him, so he had to remove his mask to make himself understood. Bill, please. Bill, please. There's no manners there. No manners there at all. Wednesday the 22nd, I missed out on not mixed single table by a matter of moments. It was taken by a guy who just arrived just right before me and I've never seen him before in the cafe. He was having a meal. Once I saw the beard laying out a napkin for him, I resigned myself to working from this central single table, the one the waitress had sat on on the Monday. Phil Collins, meanwhile, was thoroughly wiping down the top of the tiling in the cafe. I was very impressed with her deep cleaning. Meanwhile, Seb K decided to fix the missing swing saloon door back onto its hinges. A COVID danger, really, I think. The gap, I, I think having the gap, just having one door, one swing saloon door in place is much safer. I thought they'd done it deliberately because of COVID, but no, it's simply the, the swing saloon doors were playing up again. And uh, just having the one door there meant no one will be touching the doors and also with the swing saloon doors always swinging, apart from the annoying audio behind that, they are effectively wafters. They facilitate the malodors that overwhelm the cafe frequently. They're like the wind carrying COVID across the globe in early 2020. So it was disappointing to see it being uh, fixed back onto the hinges. On Thursday, one of the original waiters, the late owner's husband's much younger cousin, a waiter when I started going to the cafe in the summer of 2001, he was there having lunch, aging well, beard going slightly grey now, but he looked good. Another old-timer, a regular ever since I've been there, maybe one from the cafe's early 1994 days. Uh, she was in, she's in every day. She looks like Theresa May, actually, but a heavy smoking version of the old PM, albeit she doesn't smoke. But she has a very creased face, which suggests that she was a heavy smoker at some point. She's always been a fantastic dresser. She'd give cosmetically enhanced mum, not seen cosmetically enhanced mum post-pandemic, I have to say, though I do see her husband who works for the ambulance service. I do see him around quite a bit, but uh, not cosmetically enhanced mum. But uh, uh, heavy smoking Theresa May would give cosmetically enhanced mum a run for her money in the fashion stakes. Always brilliantly dressed, trim figure, great hair, a hand washer too, which uh, further distinguishes her from her fellow Portuguese. On Friday, early Jim Rosenthal was leaving the cafe as I arrived. I gave him a left-handed thumbs up and a smile. He gave me that shy smile of his in return and a right-handed salute. It was a nice moment. Weak hand wash in the cafe, by the way. Meaning to say that for a while, I'm starting to think rather than washing my hands on arrival, I'm, I'm better off using my fragrance-free hand wash. When I uh, turn up, I think uh, that's that's what I well I know that's what I've started to do. I'm just disappointed with their their hand wash at the moment. Drop my sweetener again on the floor. I'm increasingly clumsy in there, and it's you know it's a it's a yellow cartridge, so it stands out. It's it's been noticed. I just uh, wiped it clean and made sure I used an anti back 
wipe on it when I uh, when I got back into the flat. Saw an old woman hand gelling as she left the cafe on Friday. Jet black hair dyed. I dreamed of such visuals for the last 20 years. Not the hair dye, the hand gelling. It was really good to, to, to see her hand gelling. Meantime, the old Portuguese woman, she was in at uh, lunchtime on Friday with her gurning son or son-in-law. I hadn't seen him with her until the last month. I think he's her son because they speak Portuguese and also because of the gurning. He's, he's got a similar facial to her. Maybe he came under pressure from the daughter, his sister, if my theory is right here, who, who brings her every Monday to the cafe. Maybe uh, the sister told him to get more involved because I've never seen him in the uh, cafe until the last sort of month. He ordered himself a pint of Superbock on Friday. The elderly woman usually drives, even at her age. She was just having a coffee. She gave me a nice hello. And, uh, you know, those are the nice moments of my week, being recognised by people. It gives me, um, well, it just reminds me that I do exist, basically. And that is it. That is the end of this week's show. Now it's time for you to get those shoulders back. Keep on walking towards the sun. Keep washing those hands. Keep ventilating too. I'm Daniel Ruiz Tyson, and this start of the week, I have been available. Mm-hmm.